Hello, this is Roger Bisby from Skill Builder. We're back with Robin Clever for podcast number five. Five already? Five already. And this one, we're on the sofa. So, so far, so good. <laughs> we finally, hopefully, found somewhere that is quieter. Yeah, I know. We're, 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 we're basically going everywhere and doing it anywhere. So, yeah, uh, Roger says to me, I'll pop by here and I say, what's going on? Podcast. Okay, so it could be anywhere. I'm even thinking to myself, we could be on a, a with a beach in the background or something yeah, like that. It could be anywhere in any subject as well. Do you know what the subject is this one time? The subject is dealing with complaints. I've got a complaint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, go on. Don't like this subject. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, no, nobody does actually, do they? Because, no. you know, the thing that you dread, the thing that saps your energy, you can work hard all day long get up early in the morning work you know 12 hours or whatever you're doing the thing that really saps your energy is when you've got an awkward customer you've got to phone them and they want to have a go <laughs> it amuses me roger because we're a nation of complainers aren't we you know but there are some people and we've all know someone in life who just complains about the whole thing you know that everything's a, everything's a problem it's raining oh this is gonna bother me and the rest of it so we are a nation of complainers, so we should have a lot to talk about. We need to separate out complaints from whinging. You've either got to take the decision whether you're going to work for those people, yeah. put up with that, whether you're yeah. going to manage it, yeah. you know, whether you're going to get on side. And, yeah. you know, if somebody starts following you around with a dustpan and brush, you better be moving <laughs> good, you better have your dust sheets, your vacuum cleaner. We get a guy on site who does nothing all day but tidy up. Mm. And if you said to them at the end of the week, do you know what, it's cost you 350 quid mm. just to keep this job tidy, keep the dust down, mm. They would probably balk at that, but they because would. you've put it in the cost of all the other bits and pieces, they don't see it. But yeah, if they're that kind of person, mm. they're going to complain about the mess. And and I've tried sometimes, you know, in the past, I've said to people, "This is not our dust; it's your yeah. dust. We, we're not bringing bagfuls of dust into the house and sprinkling it. This is a byproduct of you having building work done. Mm. You know, we don't, don't think we're creating it." And that's pretty good, Roger, to lead me actually, because. Um, it all goes back to experience of managing people and managing expectations because people Im um, imagine the finished product, but quite a lot of the time they have no idea what the process is. So they might know that you're going to take a wall out here and you're going to strip a floor there and add a bit of an extension on there, but they have no concept unless they've had building work done before of just exactly how much disruption that is and all of the variables, the weather, it could be muddy, it's gonna be dusty, and there are so many things. So I suppose after 30 years of being work of working, I now can predict to the clients what it's going to be like. And I also tell them that this is something I heard some years ago, that when you work in, in someone's house, say you're doing an extension, there's about a six week period where they can tolerate you being around. Mm, absolutely. And after the six weeks, it's just like they're just fed up with the fact that there's an intrusion, there's guys arriving 7.30 or seven o'clock in the morning, they're milling around outside, they might be having a ciggy outside, nothing wrong with that, or they might be chatting and laughing the newspapers and all the rest of it, because we just have to have our cup of tea and a cigarette somewhere. And it's kind of an intrusion and people get a bit fed up with that. Because So what I tend to do is say to them, in six weeks, you're gonna start getting fed up. And by telling them that, then they get to six weeks and think, I don't feel that fed up. And mm. all of a sudden they're thinking, you know, it, it, it primes them a little bit, you know, oh, so yeah. managing their expectations. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that's a very good point. But I think actually for a lot of people, it's such a culture shock having builders in because let's face it, okay, look, without wishing to be too sort of, you know, class of whatever, a lot of the people that we end up working for, me and you, 
have got money, mm. right? They've lived the kind of a sheltered existence, mm. if you like. They've gone to a nice school. They mm. mix with, you know, posh people, mm. nice people. Everything in their life is fairly controlled and mm. refined. They probably don't even hear that much swearing. Mm. Suddenly, they've got these people, to all intents and purposes, come from another planet, and they're going. Blimey, it's such a culture shock. You wake up in the morning, they're there, they're in my house. Oh, I can't stand it. They're using my loo, you know, sometimes. Yeah. It's all that stuff that just freaks them out, you know. So I think from, you know, people build those problems. Yeah. I've, I've seen them, you know, honestly, next door to me. I didn't complain once to the builders next door to me, but mm. they built two houses. They were animals. Mm. Not only with the dust, not only the fact they never used the slightest bit of water suppression on their skill source but they were swearing they chucked their rubbish they came arrived with coffee cups and mcdonald's burgers chucked them over our fence they just threw them over it's just like oh keep a tidy site chuck it over the next door neighbors <laughs> i never complained there were vans were broken drive i never complained once to them because mm. i thought it, it, you know first of all they're going to think i'm a grumpy old git mm. second i thought this will end this will not go on forever and when it ends you won't have to have any you know, disruption. So the the quicker it yeah gets done, the better. So so don't make their life difficult. They won't make your life difficult. But let's suppose in the worst has happened, we've actually got the complaint, mm. right? So they've had a nervous breakdown. They're just fed up with us. Mm. What do you do? Well, it depends how how the complaint comes. I mean, I I prefer people to talk to me face to face if they've got a problem. Sometimes when you get an email on a Sunday night at nine o'clock, that's that's the worst time to get it because you just think I'm not answering it now. And it sets you up bad for the week sort of thing. You know, mm. you think, oh, no, I can't face this or whatever, you know. And it's kind of like fight or flight, isn't it? You know, mm. do I really want to go back? They're just really doing my head in. And I've done so much for them and all the rest of it. And all they're saying is the fact that you said that you'd be finished three weeks ago. And uh, we're now thinking we're not happy with you carrying on or something like that. You know, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that does my head in. much, Especially when you haven't been given the impression as you've been going through the work that they're unhappy. If they, yeah, well, all good, all good, all good, all good, all good, all good. All of a sudden you get an email. You think, where did that come from? It's, it, it's almost mm. like there's been a conversation between them or, or one side of the party has been nagging at the other one saying, oh, I'm not happy. You should say this to them. You should. And then they finally got the courage up to send you that email and make that complaint or whatever. And generally speaking, um, I'm happy to say it doesn't happen to me very often. But again, it's only through experience. Maybe 15 years ago, if email was more apparent, I would have got those emails. But um, back then in the day, it was yeah. a phone call or something well, like well, that. Yeah, that. No, that's interesting, actually, because because what you're now saying is the communication. Yeah. There are so many more methods of communication. Yeah. So therefore, there are so many more avenues for them to complain to you, whereas they used to have to pluck up the courage to speak to you to your face. Yeah. And then, you know, they're sitting there and they're going, I've got some grudge. And that could have, grudge could have subsided, but for the fact that they've got a keyboard there and exactly. they can you off an email and they may regret it 10 minutes later. Yeah. So and there may have been a glass of two of wine involved. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Actually, it's amazing <laughs> the number of people. I've, I mean, I've had this all my, my career. I don't sound like I've had a lot of complaints, <laughs> but in, in the other things that I do, working for magazines and so on, and I've done a review of a product and the advertiser is jumping up and down. They don't like my review. Yeah. And the ad guy's saying to me, oh, you know that? Bloke's really upset with you, you know. He's 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 after your your scalp, you know. So I phoned the guy up. 
And I say to him, here, I, I, I understand you've got a complaint. Mm. Oh, well, no, it's not quite. And then they're backpedalling like mm. mad. You know, as soon as mm. you say that to him, well, no, come on, tell me, what's what's the problem? So, mm. But some of them just are backpedalling. Well, it wasn't that bad. I mm. just thought maybe you were a bit harsh on me, this, that. So I would say, look, I'm going to try and resolve this for you. Mm. you know, let's see where mm. we can get to on this. You've got to understand my point of view. I'm going to understand your point of view. But it's that kind of thing, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. I mean, um, going back to the fact that we're tradesmen first and builders first and the rest of it, um, we don't have the luxury of psychometrically testing all of our future clients. And clients, we just have to go with luck of the draw. Um, Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like... and um, You'd like to know if they've got any previous history of mental illness. First impressions don't always count, which goes back to your uh, point of it's great to be recommended by a client you know, both mm. ways, yeah, be recommended yeah. and recommended a client to us as well. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think it's really important if you feel that the client might start complaining about something, address it. So prior to the complaint coming, or you've got to start thinking before you even start a job, what potential complaints could there be arising during this job, i.e. is it going to be particularly dusty and you haven't told them that? Mm. Is the coming into the winter is the rain likely to slow things down and make things really messy and trashy so i suppose it's trying to also like a risk assessment of yeah that's, poten- a, very good, that's a good thing yeah potential pitfalls and i think it's always best to lay these out and say um obviously without putting them off and not getting the job obviously because there'll be someone else <laughs> yeah, who turn up and go so- it's going to be sunny for six weeks and I'm going to be able to get your job done in too yeah. and you know there's a lot of people out there who will say what they need to say to get the job and fair enough it's a yeah. matter of survival but you know if you could say to people we will do our best to control dust but you need to take your own responsibility for your possessions all right mm. and all of your the fabric of the building that's going to be affected we'll do our best to sort of sheet it up or if you want we haven't priced for it and you haven't asked us to but we could put temporary partitions up mm. we could seal these all in mm. and that will restrict them but there'll be a cost involved in that and you haven't asked me for it and if i priced it in my work i'd be too expensive so there's other options you know but so i suppose go back to my point is trying to think to yourself what in this job in this operation what could be the cause of complaint? Is it going to be noise with the neighbours? Do you do you need to go and speak to the neighbours? Because I always do, if I'm doing a large domestic building project, it's going to take, say, eight or ten months. I always say to the client, you need to speak to your neighbours and put them in the picture, and I'm prepared to write them a letter to say, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, this is roughly what the duration of the works is, and this is how it will impact on you. Mm. And just like the guys throwing the stuff over the fence, mm. You know, it's kind of like it's it's avoiding that. And on the same side as that, I'll tell my fellas, this is the letter we've written to next door. This is the framework that we're working within. No noise before eight and after five. No noise after 12 o'clock on a Saturday. Definitely no swearing if you can help it outside or shouting or keep your radios down. You know what I mean? Absolutely. To avoid the normal complaints. I would always ask a customer if they minded me having a radio on. I would never presume that they they would tolerate a radio because some people don't and you know and some people don't want radio 2 or whatever it is yeah. blaring out or whatever hip hop you know they just they've got their own thing they say well I don't mind you having it on if it's a radio 3 or whatever but but I think the idea that you come into someone's house and you you have a, a radio blaring out all day long is is so 
bad mannered myself. That's what yeah, I think, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I look at all those things and I say to him, right, do you mind us doing this? Do you mind us doing that? The other thing you want to be aware of is there an awkward neighbour. Mm. So I say straight away, if mm. I'm doing something that's extensive, like an extension, how do you get on with your neighbours? Mm. What are they like? Are they mm. okay? You know, because you you know that I'm not going to name names, but that guy that you're you've got next door that job that you're on at the moment oh, yeah. he's an awkward so-and-so yeah, yeah. He? He, he, and he thinks he owns the whole yeah. street oh yeah I mean he's 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 it's great because um he looks at me and I'm look at me I've come straight from site so I've got my um skill builder look it's got holes in it can I have a new one by oh, the way oh goodness me it's got holes in it um it. so I'm on site there and I pulled up so it's a big detached house he's in a detached house nice cul-de-sac not busy and um, we've got five or six vans but we've got enough space to park over the drive and all the way outside the house but when we parked over the drive, which belonged to our client, he came out to me and said, you can't park there. And I went, sorry? He went, you can't park there. I said, no, we can park here. This is the drive. That's where we have the skip and everything mm, else. And he yeah. said, well, uh, it, it makes it harder for me to negotiate my drive when I'm reversing in and out and all this business. And I said to him, I think you're being unreasonable. Mm. And he went to me, you can't tell me and all this business. And I really thought, I'm not, I'm not going to just keep him sweet because... This guy's done nothing but ask me questions like, how long will that skip be there? It's behind a hedge and he can't even see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's just some people, um, it's an invasion of their space, do you know what I mean? Well, it, it, but that, he talks to me like I'm just some, yeah. you know... That guy in particular... Excuse yeah, my first, French. Yeah, first of all, I think the, the thing you need to know about that guy probably, if we're going to go into his psyche, is that... What did he do for a living? Mm. Maybe he was in charge of... Pissed people off. Ma ma yeah, but maybe he was in charge of... of Pissing 100. people off. <laughs> maybe he was in charge of 100 people in his job, and then he retires, he's in charge of nobody. Yeah, I suppose so. Not even his wife. So so, so now he's, he owns the street, he's watching all the time yeah. behind his curtains, up and down the street, you pitch up, you're an invader, mm. and, and suddenly he's, he's, he's at war, mm. and he's at war straight away. And I've had these guys, they hide behind the wall as soon mm. as you park, they're up there going on about this. Uh. And I actually said to one guy once, and this is no, no ball, there's no story, I said to this guy, do you know what? If you can trace it back to the point in your childhood somewhere where somebody did you such harm that it's made you into this bitter, twisted guy now, <laughs> you might be able to get some help. I said, go and get some therapy. Get somebody to help you because at the moment you're just... And he went mad. He no, went absolutely ballistic with me. But I just thought, no, I'm going to say it because I know when this guy's just going to keep coming at me all yeah, the time. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's that question of if you're that kind of complainer, yeah. you can't give ground because you give ground, they keep coming at yeah. you. You have to say, right, stop. Now, this is this yeah, is the yeah. line. Yeah. This is where I am. This is your property. That's my, you know, and this is the street. Everything out here is public. Yeah. You don't own it. You want to, you know, you know. Yeah. And and go from there because they know they can't call the police to get you shifted. You're not causing an obstruction. He's just got to turn oh, his wheel. Just and joke. I would say to him, probably, I'd say, look, I'll tell you what, mate, next time you want to get your car out, let me do it because I can drive. Mm. <laughs> well, let me tell you a really interesting, this is the last anecdote, okay? Go on, it doesn't matter. I think is, people want them. We want to hear yours, by this the way. Is a really, this is a really interesting anecdote. And um, one of my best friends, Carl, I'll name his name. Yeah, He's know. a fabulous carpenter. He came with me as a mature apprentice in his sort of early 20s. Basically worked with me. He's just, in, he's just a passionate guy. Mm. And he's really entrepreneurial. Um, he's done really well for himself. Um, but then he came, became sick and he had to have a kidney transplant. And mm. during this whole lead up to this kidney transplant, he was doing a conversion on his um, maisonette, which was in Southfields in London. So it's a... Um, Rows of terrace houses turned into maisonettes. He's got the top top one, putting a loft it, yeah. conversion on it. Right next to him, 
On the corner of the road was a little backfield site with a pair of smart gates and it was a little modern muse behind. And parking is always an issue there. And um, his scaffold, which he needed, had to be flying over this little driveway. Yeah, yeah. So the guy in the first house here was objected to the fact that Carl said, can I have permission from the residents for a scaffold to maintain and build my yeah. roof? He said, no, but on, no, on no account we want your standards, the uprights yeah, of the scaffold yeah. coming down. Plenty of room to get in and out. Yeah. Um, so Carl said to the scaffolder, can you do me a flying scaffold? So he beams and all that, at yeah. great expense. Yeah. Put the scaffold up and all the rest of it. Now, Carl was really poorly. He called me, he said, would you be able to come and just get my loft along, you know, put the framework up for me? I said, Carl, of course I will. So I came along and um, the first day I started, this guy from this first house, has come out and he's gone, oi! And I've gone, uh, yeah, all polite. And he said, uh, want a word with you? And I said, well, what's the problem sort of thing? I was thinking, well, what's happened? You know, mm. he said, this is a very expensive car, pointing to his car. And he mm. says, if there's one bit of dust on here, he says, I'm gonna sue you, literally like that. Mm. And it, I said, well, you know, we had, to, we had to strip the roof off, build a gable, repoint the side of the house, which involved, uh, I mean, there's no way you're not gonna get dust. I mean, you can use water and all the rest uh, of it. But anyway, you can see where this was going. So we did our best. We sheeted out all of the scaffolds. We yeah, yeah. hardboarded them so we could sweep them easily. And we did our best, but he wasn't a happy chappy, this guy. Anyway. It was my third wedding anniversary and one of my customers, a really, really nice guy, had a beautiful Ferrari. I mean, it was amazing. And I jokingly said to him, Nigel, I said, um, it's my third anniversary. He says, oh, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking my other half away uh, to Brighton for the weekend. And I was thinking of borrowing your car, jokingly. And he said, well, actually, I'm not using it the weekend. Um, when do you want to pick it up? And I said, no, Nigel, I'm only joking. He said, Robin, it's fine. Look after it like it's your own. And so I couldn't believe it, and I thought I'd take him off on it. So I went up there. This is in Putney, which is a bit, <laughs> bit more north of Southfields, where the job was. So I've gone over there to pick it up on the, the Friday lunchtime. And as a surprise, because Carl was poorly, I thought I'd pull around. He was a bit, he's a bit of a petrol head, likes cars. Pull around and say, come on, let's go for a spin. So I pulled up, and the only place to park, being I couldn't parallel park this thing, it was amazing, was right outside these gates. But I thought, I'm only gonna be a few minutes going in to get Carl. And with this, I pulled up here. Carl, I've got inside, and Carl's now asking me all kinds of questions, and we got sidetracked, I had a cup of tea, and then I can hear this little nice, polite beep, 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 like this, because I've blocked the gates to these little mules. So when I've gone down there, the guy that had given me all this, this is a very expensive car, about he had a three series BMW, it was a nice car. Yeah, yeah. He looked at me and if you could have seen the look on his face when yeah. he saw me, he didn't know it wasn't my car, yeah, but yeah. the look on his face was absolutely priceless. So he judged me for looking like a tramp. Yeah, yeah. yeah? And when, when he saw that, and I didn't see or hear another peep out really? the whole job, that's interesting. It was almost it? like he was shamed into embarrassment, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's no need, you know, there's no need for him to be an arse to me in the first place. But I wasn't an arse back to him, even when I parked that car there. It just worked out. God was on my side. He probably looked down and said, this is a good, you know. So that's a... That's, that's a, brilliant. That, that, do you know what? Everything is involved in that story. The psychology of the guy where he sees himself in society, you know, and he suddenly you've, you've gone and one up on him on a pecking order, haven't you? So yeah. he's, he's now not the alpha male. That's, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. So I think the moral of that story then, you've got a dodgy customer, you've got a dodgy <laughs> neighbour rather, go and hire a Ferrari for wow. a day or so. Right. I think then they might just think you're a crook. <laughs> but, uh, they might no, just, but do you know what? That would backfire with another guy, but that's interesting that he, after yeah. that he just shut up. Yeah, he it just, was... 
got to find someone's Achilles heel, yeah, haven't he, you, really? He, he had no idea that I didn't have my own BMW or whatever. You no, know, no, I could have quite no, easily no. had a car like that, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, I know what you drive. So anyway, even, that's enough I'm of that. I'm not even going to mention that's that. That's enough of that. So, so, no, but that is that's well, fantastic. How do you deal with complaints? So, well, uh, okay, look, on the mechanism, because this is another Ramble podcast, it's fine. I hope people are interested. I hope that they tell us their experiences because mm. we want to use this as a catalyst, as a trigger, if you like, for mm. hearing other people's stories of the customer from hell. But certainly it happens. And if it happens, I say the first thing I do is I say, right, I want to take this complaint seriously, right? Okay, so hang on just one minute, will you? And I get pen and paper mm. all right so my, my little notepad in the in the van i go right. out i'll get there i'll make a big fuss of this go out and get there and i'll sit there right okay so now i'm ready all right now i'm ready so i'm going to write down what you say so they say right well we're not happy with the finish on the front door the paint finish on the front door so okay, hang on. not happy with the finish on the front door right <laughs> and i take my time to write that down and just say right okay so the important thing about writing it down mm. is that it slows them down. Right. At one point they're on a blooming, you know, they're just going to reel off one thing after another. Mm. Now you're listening to them, you're writing it down. Mm. So suddenly they slow down, right? So so what's the next thing you want to talk to me about? Well, we're not happy with you know, guys coming in and, you know, swearing mm. or whatever, right? So I'm going to write that down. I'll write that down. And then you just carry on. And you say, right, anything else? And, go, and by that time, they're kind of thinking, oh, well, do you know what? My mind's gone blank. I did have something else to complain about, but I don't know what it is. So you've slowed them down and you've written it all down. And this is very important because at some point, if there's a dispute and everything, yeah. you've got a record. And that's mm. very important to have a record mm. of it, dated, timed, when they said it. So mm. they said it, right? So then you say to them, is that it? Mm. Is there anything else? Are you sure? Mm. Okay. And then you, you draw a line under it proper line under it just go and that's okay so that's the complaints now we're going to deal with the complaints now if they then say blah 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 you say hang on a minute i asked you if there was anything else now you're adding another complaint are you okay right now <laughs> and so you make a big thing of right so we'll write that one down okay now are you sure now that that's the end of it? But you don't want to start getting no, no, like no, 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 no. But that's fine. I'm just saying, no, you don't. Absolutely. But I say right. So this just like, let's just get because I'm trying to deal with these things. But if you just keep adding yeah. things to it, how yeah. am I going to deal with them? Right. So so let's, honestly, let's just say if that's it, that's it. Okay. Mm. So we don't want this to become an end, endless thing, an yeah. open-ended thing, because otherwise we're never going to be able to resolve these things. So if that's what you know, okay, I know what you're saying. I'm a bit cocky with it, maybe, but. I've got it down there, I've got it in writing, mm. and you'd be amazed at how it slows them down and makes them think about mm. what they're saying. Oh, that's a good tip. So I say, right, so that's it. So now we can begin to resolve mm. these points mm. one by one, and we talk through these points. Now, at some point, you need to know what they're expecting from it, mm. what they hope mm. is a good outcome. So so what are you looking for? What do you want me to do here? You know, And if I say, well, I want compensation, I want a refund, I want this, mm. I've, I've been traumatised, mm. I, you know, I've, I need counselling, I need to go away on a... Traumatised, when um, Roger goes to work yeah. for you, traumatised. Well, they need to go away on a three-week convalescence thing because you've, you, you know, you've upset that. Anyway, whatever it is that they mm. want, you know, they want some kind of compensation, mm. right? You're going to decide whether that's a reasonable line or not. Mm. Now, it may well be... You say, well, if that's all you want, if that's all it's going to take, solve it. Let's do it. You know, I'll give you twenty quid off the yeah. the scratched, you know, mark on the mm. on the glass or whatever it is. Mm. You know, so so at that point you can say, right, actually, I'm going to buy myself out of this. Yeah, yeah. Just as easily as that, right? So you're happy with the twenty pounds, are you? Right. Okay, that's done. Give you twenty pounds. We go our separate ways. Other times when they're saying, well, I want this, I want that, then I'm going to have this, then I I need a brand new car. Mm. 
uh, and then I say to them, mm. well, that's not going to happen. Mm. And that's a great phrase. When you just say to them, you don't say, I'm not going to do it. Mm. You just say, that is not going to happen. happen yeah. right? so, so, we, so we dismiss that. So that yeah. that's, So it just slows them down, gets them to that point mm. where th- they can begin to think about what their outcome is, you know, the way you resolve it. So the other thing is, what is your complaints procedure? Yeah, that's well, true. We don't have enough complaints mm. to have a complaints mm. procedure. Mm. Actually, we rarely get complaints. Mm. And I know that's a terrible thing of you mm. making them feel like a freak, like they're the they're mm. demonious. But say, do you know what? From one year to another, mm. I don't get in a situation mm. with customers where we have to have any kind of structure for dealing with complaints. Mm. But I'm taking your complaints seriously. Mm. I want to resolve it. Obviously, my reputation is very important, as is giving you a good job. So... It's that kind of emotional because a lot of it is coming from emotion. It's not coming from logic, is it? No. It's coming from and and the other thing that I've learned in life, people have got high IQs doesn't necessarily mean that that person's got a lot of emotional intelligence. Right. They could be very clever. They could have a PhD. They could be the you know gone to Oxford or wherever, mm. and they could be the most brilliant person in the world. But on an emotional level, they might not be intelligent at all. They might mm. not even be able to understand their own mm. emotions. Territorial instincts, for example, you turning up in that guy's street with your vans and your skin yeah. and your noise, right? It's his street, it's not your street. Mm. So what he needs, because he's he's basically got his chimp out. That's a great book, by the way, I read called The Chimp Paradox. I'd recommend that to anybody because it's all about confrontation. So like road rage, the right. chimp jumps out. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, you know, we've all got that chimp inside us. Yeah. We've all got one there and that chimp fills us with aggression self-doubt and actually it jumps out and 10 minutes later it's subsided it's <laughs> gone back right so but we've already killed the guy on the road yeah. because of you know road rage yeah exactly that exactly but that's it you see yeah. so so you've got to understand that if that's the chimp that's jumping out at you from the customer mm. and they don't know they don't understand what's mm. going on there with that 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 chimp that mm. primeval thing you can't actually mm. stop it you need to give it a bit of exercise you need, you need to give it somewhere mm. to vent its frustration so don't tell them to calm down mm. never ever tell them to calm down just think let them blow their top let them go through that mm. and then 10 minutes later that chimp will be back in unless you box. want a bit of an argument in which case you would say well, I calm love down I, you know love I, mean? I love it i argument. mean that is that is the point i mean i must admit there are, it's, I can go so far before I get to a point where I feel actually, I, I don't care now. Mm. I'm just going to say what I, and I will say it and probably F them blind and all yeah, the Yeah, but if that's it. your chimp fighting their chimp, then, yeah. okay, so there's no, there's no resolution there when you, when you start doing that. If you put your yeah, chimp... Yeah, but you get to, sometimes you get to a point where you think, I don't give a monkeys about a resolution because... No, 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 but if you, right, so the clever thing to do the monkeys, there... Monkeys, you get the chimp and yeah, the monkeys yeah. there. The clever thing to do there, really... <laughs> we put one in the background for you. The, 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 the clever, as if we would do a thing like that, um, the, the clever thing to do, just let their chimp rage and rant and don't bring yours out. Don't don't even confront them on that. But to let that mm. rant and rave and have mm. its little dance around mm. and, and beat its chest, just sit there, wait till that subsided. Then you can come back and you have got the upper hand yeah. because you're calm. Yeah. You've not lost your... You've not raised your voice yeah. because you'll never ever get anywhere doing the other thing because the other thing, yeah, as we said the other week, where are they going to go with this? You're going to fall out. They're not going to pay you. No, that's right? the problem. You're going to go it? off. They're going to curse you. There's no winners in that situation. Whereas mm. in the other situation, and sometimes the other thing that I discovered, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about a particular 
person we know is a complete and utter bastard, this guy. He's such a horrible guy, honestly. Why? And uh, oh, I can't even begin to tell you what he's done and how he's done it. And mm. But this guy has a misfortune of living next door to him. Nobody likes this right. bloke. And I said, oh, I bet you're glad he's moved away now. And this guy's found religion as well, this horrible guy. Oh, really? He's suddenly he's found God and he's all the rest of it. But it hasn't changed him. He's still a bastard. <laughs> but anyway, we were talking about him and he said, you know what? He said, the funny thing is, I think it's his wife. I've met, met him a couple of times when his wife hasn't been mm. there. And he's been almost civil to me. He's been mm. all right. Mm. He said, when his wife is there, he scowls at me, won't even talk to me. Mm. And he said that. So, so sometimes, like you said about Sunday night, sending the email mm. off, had a couple of glasses of wine. Mm. Who is this? Who is actually orchestrating mm. this? Is one person reasonable, the other person mm. unreasonable? Mm. You know, it comes down to that thing sometimes, you know, the husband's come home. You know, if it's that, uh, this is a terrible sexist thing to say, but it sounds like the bloke's going out to work, the woman's at home, but if she's at home with the kids and he's off at seven o'clock in the morning, comes back at seven o'clock at night and you've been in the house longer than he has and maybe the kids are calling you uncle by that time. You know? <laughs> or dad. Let's not, yeah, let's, not go, let's not go there. But anyway, you could kind of see a bit of a territorial yeah. thing there. We're bloody builders. What are they doing? Yeah. Now? Aren't they hanging about? Yeah. They've done no work. I mean, we had this with Dylan's wife, didn't we? Every time she came home, we were drinking tea. <laughs> we were working like crazy. But every That's time, just sod's law, Every it? time she came home, we were drinking tea. So she was looking. She said, well, what have they done today? What's mm. gone on today, mm. you know? Oh, I mean, that's a classic in the building trade where people come along and you have a really good showing one day. Let's say you're putting the stud work up and you can put miles of it up and they're like, these builders are fantastic. They're amazing. They did so much work. And then the next day you go around putting door linings in and they can't even see them. They're like, yeah. they didn't do anything today. They've done nothing today at all. Yeah. And you're like, you haven't got a clue what we did or we didn't do. You don't know how long things do or don't take. Again, it's a managing expectations. You say the stud work will fly up and everything else after that slows down, you know? Yeah. It's managing expectations. Yeah, it is. It's true that you get a great show of work and people, oh, that's yeah. great progress, isn't it? But I think the thing, my mate made a bit of a, a, a mistake, really, and he fell out with a customer big time and he had to leave the job. But um, I said to him, I went round there one day to help him with something, and I said, why do you just chuck all those tea bags in the sink like that? Oh, yeah, because that's horrible. That I is. said, what were you doing? Okay, I can understand. They, they fish them out with a spoon, they chuck them in the sink, they're going to deal with them later. The, the lady of the house comes home, and what she sees in the sink is a great pile yeah. of tea bags. You yeah. know, maybe a hundred tea bags in there. Yeah. Okay, there's four of them on site, yeah. but it's a hundred tea bags in there. So she just looks at them and she said, that's what they've done this morning. Drink <laughs> tea. You know, and I said to him, it's so simple just to take those tea bags, put them in the bin or hide them or, no. or do something else with them. But you left yourself wide open there. Yeah. So she said, all these guys are doing is wasting their time drinking tea all day. You know? Well, it's like day work, isn't it? If anyone's employing you by the day, they're clock watching you, aren't they? And I've said yeah. this before in previous yeah. uh, podcasts that people, pop, people tend to clock watch you. Whereas if you're on a price or you've got a fixed price... There's a lot more relaxation between parties. Mm. Unless you go in and you spend no time doing anything and you charge them for nothing. They might yeah, think, oh, yeah. he's charged me all this money and they didn't really do much. So, um, but I, think, I think this is this is terrible in a way, this podcast, because what I've just realised is we've done it all from the builder's point of view and not from the customer's point of view. And we must say mm. that some builders are the builders from hell. Absolutely. And some of them are complete animals and they don't deserve, you know, <laughs> and... and so the, the, there's legitimate reasons yeah, to complain about yeah. them. So so we must see it. I think that's an important thing is to understand. I think one of the worst phrases I see is 
the customer is always right, the mm. customer is king, mm. you know, this kind of thing. Because obviously the customer isn't always mm. right. And if you have that kind of mantra and if you give them that kind of idea that they're yeah. always well, I'm the customer I must be right then that's a terrible mm. situation to get I blame Anne Robinson for it but I mean watchdog and all that complaining I know yeah encouraging you see those... people to complain you said we're a nation of complainers yeah. do you know what the, the other trait is that you're, you're sitting there in a restaurant you're eating something it tastes like you know Oh, crap and then someone comes and says how's your meal sir and, and you go it's lovely, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. oh it's like going to the hairdressers isn't yeah. it and they flash the thing and they go how is that and you go oh yes it's great and you walk out and even or most women and wives do that they go have you had your hair I've had my yeah. hair done today how is it oh, it'd be better when I've done it myself you yeah, know it's yeah. a classic you just spent 200 quid on that haircut yeah. and oh, you said it's better when you and all oh, they get upset yeah, they cry. yeah, yeah. I know no you're dead but, right tell us how many people so I said, yeah, that so that's interesting. If you say we're a, uh, we're a nation of whingers, mm. but when it actually comes to complaining, most of us run a mile from it, mm. from the face-to-face complaint. So that's where the keyboard warrior, mm. the, the, the text or the email has really come into its own, hasn't it? To, they do. To just... We, um, what we need to also sort of touch on is if you're in commercial arena and you have a sort of dispute or a complaint, arbitration is out there as well. Mm. And if you belong to a trade association, for example, such as the Federation of Master Builders, they also do arbitration as well. So if you get into a sticky situation with a client and communications breaking down, you feel that you've been, you know, you've done everything in your power to help the job along to keep it going smoothly, weather's let you down, all of a sudden the client hits you with, it's taken longer, we're not happy with that, the patio's done, you broke my thing and you scratched my car and all the rest of it, and all of a sudden it puts you in such a bad light and it comes as a shock to you, thinking, I thought they were happy with what's going on and they end up saying, actually, you know, I think we need to, you know, part company and they're not gonna pay you. Then you could go to an arbitration mm. service and they could help you create a framework to, to fight your side because mm. sometimes, as tradesmen, builders, and all the rest of it, we get a little bit emotional about it, and we want to go around there and shout and holler. But, but, but it's not the best way to do it. You need to be a bit more civilized and meet them on a different level, really. But arbitration is also something that you can Google and look into. Okay, well, I think we've covered it from the tradesman's point of view. Maybe we ought to talk to a customer and try and cover it from the customer's point of view at some point. And if you're a customer, you've had the builders from Helen, and you want to give us a little bit of communication, on the website, on the, the YouTube channel, you can leave your comments below and we'd love to hear those, you know. Yeah, and equally, I'd like to personally thank um, the comments from the last podcast, especially clarifying a couple of points I made about don't receive part payment. I just thought that was so helpful, helpful to me and hopefully helpful to all the other people who um, have read that comment as well. So thanks for taking the time there was a couple of you in particular the other guy was the debt collection agency yes guy. no no he's uh, we're going to do something special with him yeah, because really I, I spoke to him and he has a very very nice procedure in fact he said he's helped out a firm he's 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 reclaimed 150,000 pounds in debts a london based plumbing firm and he said almost every single thing that that company did was wrong right so he's got some golden rules, which we're, we're covering a Brilliant. podcast because they're, they're really good, really valuable. If you're not subscribed already, make sure you do subscribe because we're aiming to do a lot of these topics because we, you know, we find it helpful to discuss them anyway as part of our sort of... Um, well, this is our therapy then, isn't This it? is our way of enjoying ourselves. <laughs> this is what we do. To, we, I get off on this. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much for listening. And make sure you check back soon. There's some interesting stuff in the can. So we'll um, see you soon.